Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shrink Chat. Hello. It's November. Are we in our post-Halloween stupor? <laughs> we had a little Halloween ex- never ends. I know. It never does for us anyway. We originally uh, named our Facebook page Halloween All Year Long back in the day when it was going to be just like a... Uh, whoops, I hit my mic. Um, when it was just going to be like a party page, like for our Halloween parties, we weren't expecting to do anything or whatever but yeah so now it's our podcast facebook page which is cool but yeah we i guess we talked a little bit of it a little bit about it on wednesday's episode with the cell but yeah we're we're in the post halloween how um how's your camo lingerie suiting you it's nice it washes well cool i washed it by hand (laughs) the 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 clown shoes of course you did um they're they fit better now. They were a little tight, but they stretched out. They fit in the car. They fit in the car. <laughs> so those of you who listen to this episode as your very first episode, or perhaps did not listen like, to the last week. And it's week. our last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And goodbye. This is a callback to last week's shrink chat. Because, you know, I gave Kathy some gifts. One being a full lingerie set of Pennywise the Clown. Right. With clown shoes and all. With a camo accent. Right. <laughs> Uh, I want to remind people that... And clown hair. <laughs> please follow us on in our Instagram and our Twitter. Following that, they're probably like, and our oh, Facebook. no, thank Hey, you. I mentioned lingerie, and then I'm like, hey, follow us. You see how there's a promise there that's I, not really going to happen? I see what you did there. Okay. As if Kathy's going to pose in the it lingerie <laughs> for the Instagram. <laughs> She's looking at me like, yeah, that will never happen. Um, anyway. Be sure to, you know, talk to us on Instagram, on Twitter, on our Facebook. Um, And also, if you want to become a patron and support our creativity, you can. We have a Patreon page. And for those of you who may already be um, Patreon members and also patrons of our podcast, which means you give us a few bucks every month to keep doing what we're doing, I'm going to add a new benefit going forward of um, you'll get the episodes first. So, I'm going to do, I'm going to post our episodes on Patreon before I post them for the world. So our Patreon, our patrons, God, that messes me up every time. Patrons on Patreon. It's annoying (laughs) that it's called Patreon. That's super pretentious, man. Get it together. Anyway, our patrons, that's that's what I'm going for. Our patrons will get them earlier. They'll just get them before everybody else, which I think is super fair. Like the, the, you're literally itching pay- yourself with a, a scythe. They're they're paying for it, so they are. They can't see you, but you look ridiculous. Well, I have an itch. <laughs> the studio is still decorated because I'm considering not ever not undecorating. Yeah, it. why would you? I well, mean, this is what the purpose of this is for. If you watch, <laughs> here we go. If you watch, um. Is it Dan Patrick, our mm. sports guy? Mm-hmm. Every time they do their podcast, their sports den is decked out. I love it. They have jerseys all over the place. Right. And, you know, it puts you in that energy. Okay. So what you're saying is I should keep this and more. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm all over it, man. I'm going to get you some fan art for the holidays. Sounds up, good. Yeah. Krampus. Krampus maybe, art. Maybe a Krampus art piece. That'll be, yeah, no, we're going to. Deck the shit out of it. Deck 
the shit out of these holes. <laughs> so the reason why I was saying be sure to contact us through social media is because, I mean, recently I've been getting some really great back and forth going with some people that listen to the podcast. Just the other day, somebody sent me a link to, um, you know, some stories that they wrote. And so I check, I'm going to check those out. Um, I've had people, we've had people give us suggestions for episodes. I've had people approach us about like fan art and stuff and maybe doing some fan art for us. And I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm really responsive on all the social medias. Like I'll write back to you. And I just really dig, I like it being collaborative. I do too. It feels, it feels nice when we hear from a lot of you who have reached out and just your appreciation and enjoying the show. I mean, we have fun doing it no matter what. Yeah, for sure. We don't even know we're really talking to an audience when we're recording, which is probably why we sound so crazy half the time. <laughs> Cause I think I'm just having a conversation with you. And then I'm like, Oh, someone's someone listened to that. Right. Um, there will be people that will hear me say what I just said, <laughs> but I also want to encourage people. We mentioned this while back and I'm going to throw it back out there again, just because I want to hear if you have ghost stories, like actual situations where you have experienced yeah. something from beyond yes. supernatural, however you want to frame it. Sure. And we can keep it anonymous. Yep. Love telling those stories. Yeah. Literally just write your story in an email and send it to, and we'll read it. Terror talk podcast at gmail.com. And I'm a writer. Ghost so stories with Kath. It's, <laughs> I'm a writer, so it's okay if it's if you're not a writer and you, that makes you really nervous or whatever. Just write up how it is, and I can make it into a story. That's no problem. I'll whatsoever. act it out. Kathy's apparently going to act it out and name the segment after herself, and then make T-shirts and sell them. <laughs> Ghost stories <laughs> with Kath. <laughs> Uh, and that brings us to a little <laughs> segment we like to call Horror Facts with Cal. <laughs> Happy November, everybody. <clears throat> this shit continues. Number one. The lead actor cried like a baby when he first read the script. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will get up. Doesn't that happen every day? With my clown shoe <laughs> and smack you. I'm like an actor crying. Shock. Not in a horror. F well, oh, okay. I mean, this is not. Well, this is. Yeah. Uh, just go uh, on. Number is, two. This is not really horror. <laughs> Number two. Caroline Thompson, who wrote the script, based the neighbor on her mother, who used to bring home strangers. The neighbors in the film are based on people she grew up with. Number three. Tom Cruise, Jim Carrey, and Robert Downey Jr. were all considered for the lead. Number four, the director originally planned on this film being a musical, but dropped the idea and saved the music for a future project. Claymation project. Number five, the log line. Well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip five and six. Number six is the director said, this isn't my best film but it's certainly my favorite. Aww. And then the last one is the log line, which is the story of an uncommonly gentle man. Innocence is what he knows. Beauty is what she sees. Edward Scissorhands. You got it. Yeah, baby. Woo! Yeah. 
imagine Tom Cruise one. being Edward Scissorhands? That would have been the worst movie. I know. That's like the total diversion clue. Ugh. I got it because of that last quote. I know. Ah. Well, I love and then that I, on the poster. And then I added it into my head like, okay, yeah, I would totally probably cry with that script. Yeah. And like, then it all kind of came together. Tom Cruise, are you fucking kidding me? Jim Carrey? I mean, I could see Robert Downey Jr. Yes, ma'am. But this is Johnny Depp's movie. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously he was, they cast it correctly. They did. There you go. Thank you. The end. No, just kidding. Um, I wanted to mention to you, and this is kind of a callback to several episodes ago, but you realize there's a Reebok alien stomper high top. No. So you find all these shoes. I know. I went down a hole. <clears throat> it's fine. I'll what is up. it? I gotta look. I'll be all right. I climbed What up. is it called? It's called a Reebok Alien Stomper High High Top. So here's the thing: what it is is it's the shoe that Ripley wore. Oh, look at that thing! She wore it. There's like there. If you if you yeah, there's it's pictures. It's just like they released the Back to the Future two shoe. There's a Sigourney. There's Sigourney Weaver pictures of her in these shoes, and so then of course they were popular and now they sell for like fifteen hundred dollars on the on the market because they're the ripley shoe however then i found the best horror movie inspired sneakers ever what there's a bazillion of them there's a nike sb dunk low freddy krueger that has like blood splatter all over it red and green blood splatter which is different than the one i talked about before it's like a low one right there's a Jason Voorhees Nike. There's a um, a Nike Dawn of the Dead Air Trainer. Ooh, I gotta look that one up. There's a Reebok um, Chucky ventilator shoe. <laughs> Did you say ventilator shoe? That's what it says. Wait, what's the Dawn of the Dead one called? Um, um, Nike SB Air Trainer One. Two thousand seven Dawn of the Dead. I found it. But wait. There's a Paranorman. No. Leica and Nike Air Foam Posit 1 Paranorman. It's green and black, man. I love that movie 2012. so much. There's a, um, there's a Dracula. There's a... So listen. There's a Toxic Avenger. Seriously. Like, I'm literally looking at the sneakerfreaker.com website, and the article is called The Best Horror Movie Inspired Sneakers Ever. That's amazing. We've fallen down a bit of a sneaker hole that I personally did not know existed until I found that article several weeks ago when I talked about the Freddy Krueger shoe and you were appalled. <laughs> you were like, who would wear that? And then now it's like, apparently There's so many, there are so many. Um, Ooh, the, okay. I will say, yes, ma'am. The Freddy one's cool because the stripes look like his sweater. Mm hmm. That's exactly right. That's, I mean, that, that was what the other one was suppo- trying to do, but it was like gray or something. But the other one, this is why I think I, I, I was so anti. Yeah. Is that it, it didn't, it just looked like a white Nike shoe with splattered <laughs> paint on it. I'm like, how does this equate with the movie? It didn't make sense. This makes sense. Yeah, totally. Cause it looks, um, it's a little over the top, which I think is what we need. We like, we need a little more suggestion. We don't want it to look like real blood on a shoe. <laughs> No, I think the other one was more like authentic, like it literally looked like blood on a shoe. This one's got the cheese factor that Freddie has. Yeah. And you're making a face. Uh, well, just some of these don't make sense. Like okay. Dawn of the Dead is just the colors of the cover box. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's they're trying. To, it's a cool shoe, though. I mean, they're selling shoes. They're selling shoes to like horror geeks. Can't you tell these are from Dawn of the Dead? No, they're not. They're just the colors of the cover box, which is orange and purple and gray. Anyway, I can't believe this. Okay. I just thought I'd share that you can't believe it. Interesting. So there. So today on the show, we are going to discuss um, a buddy. No, she just wants to keep singing. You've already had it. I did. We did a buddy watch of the movie Revenge. Now, I saw this a while back when it first came out, actually. Sometimes I catch the Shudder movies like right away, and this was one that I did catch right away. So there's some old episode on Shrink Chat where I talked about it, and I don't know where it is, but it's back there somewhere. Anyway, you suggested this movie. So would you like to tell people what we're talking about? I would. Um, So... The movie is called Revenge from 2017. If you haven't seen it, you can find it on Shutter. It's a it's a exactly what the title says. It's a revenge fantasy, more specifically, a revenge um, fantasy for rape. rape, rape revenge. And I've said this many times on the show before when we talk about the way that rape is presented in films, and um, oftentimes there isn't that opportunity to see someone get that revenge. And so for me, I I'm feel so gratified when I get to see it. And this movie was great. There's, you know, you need to use a little suspension of disbelief because she does go from being Barbie to Lara Croft Tomb Raider in about two hours. But it's basically this woman named Jen. She's enjoying a romantic getaway with her wealthy boyfriend who is, you find out very early in the film, is married with kids. And um, he says something like, if it wasn't for the kids, this would be so easy. So, you know, right off the bat that, and he's older. This is his fun toy, mistressy toy. Well, it's also a French movie. There's no, it's not subtitled. I mean, it is subtitled. So in just, certain parts, just yeah. know that when he and his friends are having conversations, it's in French. And so about half the movie is subtitled um, and it's French. And so you're also looking at it from a different cultural lens too. Like it's a French you know, yeah. I mean, th- I think the reason why that is an important piece, though, is because she starts off as his just, you know, she's disposable to him, basically. Oh, for sure. Um, and so, I mean, that's the impression they give, let's right? Put it that way. And then, you know, two of his his friends, who I think are like business partner friends, arrive for an unannounced uh, hunting trip. As tension mounts in the house, the situation abruptly and viciously intensifies, culminating in a shocking act that leaves Jen left for dead. Unfortunately for her assailants, she survives and soon begins a relentless quest for bloody revenge. So what ends up happening is the boyfriend goes out for a day and the second, you know, these guys show up, their eyes are on her. She's young. She's sexy. She's so I'm just going to stop right there because I thought that was really what was really interesting about like the first act of this movie. And I really Mm -hmm. realized it this time when I watched it. So the first time I watched it and I didn't know anything about it and I just um, I enjoyed that the rape wasn't gratuitous, but it was very threatening and scary. Yes. But then I also enjoyed that, you know, most of us when we most women, when you watch a rape revenge movie, you don't actually get that satisfaction from it. Like it often doesn't deliver. And oh, this, this, this this movie very much delivers in that way. So not only is it like threatening and scary um, in that first act with the rape, 
but it's not gratuitous when the rape is happening. Cause I know we've talked on the show many times about Rob Zombie and, and how we feel that portrayal is often very gratuitous and violent. And what, sorry, real quickly interrupt you about that. What I think they did really well with this was, um, because you didn't see it and you heard her and it was behind closed doors, there was more terror yeah. versus like you said, the gratuitous piece, like the way that they did it was to me was more realistic in the, what came up for me feeling wise versus wow, this there's, this is just a reason to exploit a well, female it le- it leaves, actor. It totally. Yeah. It leaves the individual watcher to be terrified by our own thoughts and feelings and experiences. And that is absolutely what I love about movies that don't over represent. Yeah, it gives you that, that space. And then it also was intentional in the sense that the other friend, so go back, the boyfriend leaves, the two friends are there. The one friend rapes her. The other one is on the couch watching like nascar so it just kind of paints that picture too is no one's really caring that this is happening it was really really well shot yeah i thought it was very well shot and i also thought that first act really um and what i noticed this time was that what they did film film wise film shot choice wise is they gave you the point of view in that first act of the male thirst point of view yeah because there are lots of shots of like her butt and her belly and um, like you were getting the male POV. You were looking at what the men were looking at and you were. And so I'm assuming that what they wanted to have happen is that, that they would incite thirst in the audience Mm -hmm. so that when that terrible thing happens to her and then there's revenge, you know, like that, just that inciting those feelings in you is, I, I just feel like they did that really well. And how unassuming she was and how their defenses were lowered because they saw her as this sexy, oh my you know, God. and I totally, I mean, I just really related, you know, um, I really related to that sort of being young and wanting male attention and feeling like you're in control like that. Like that's, it was such a representation of a youthful, mm. You know, I don't feel like that anymore in my life, but, you know, you're 18 or 21 or what have you. And, and there's, there's, there's a part of you, um, that wants whatever sex you're attracted to, to, to really to notice desire it, to you, want, to yeah. notice you. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see her doing that mm-hmm. like innocently, playfully, but the whole time you're thinking, Oh crap. Right. She's doing everything wrong. Like you're just thinking. And then you get in that headspace where people marginalize women for like, why did you wear that? Victim blame. Yep. Mm -hmm. Victim blame. And you get, and that's what's so successful about that first act, I think, is that in your mind, you're having all of those horribly incorrect, like politically incorrect feelings of like, stop. Yeah. They're going to hurt you. You're making a fool out of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And then you go, whoa. That's in our culture. And it's in my head because it's in our culture. And then to add even more the cultural piece is when she starts to have a voice, their masks drop and no longer is she this object of desire. She is now the slutty bitch whore. Yeah. You know, you're fucking a married man. We now have to kill you. You're fucking ruining our lives. You caused this when literally the, the guy's cheating on his wife with two kids yeah, and has created this whole mess. And now she's, she's 
like we do in society. Well, this fucking slut needs to go. She's just a whore. She got in the way. What are you doing? Fucking a married man, right? Yeah, terrible. So now they, they, how do we get rid of her? Throw over a bridge or throw over a cliff. Yeah. So like Kathy was saying, there's some willing suspension of disbelief. On right. Two, on especially two, how she lands. On, on two counts. Yeah. I'm not going to ruin the gore for no. you. And it's very gory. We're already telling you the story, but we're not going to ruin the gore no. for you because there's a lot of body gore. There's a lot of body horror in this. There's a lot of body yeah. gore. So if you like that sort of thing, it's there for you. Right. They bring it. Um, and that's what I think also makes it a successful horror movie. What I was going to say was, is that not only do you have to suspend disbelief, like what you were talking about, about how she's like Laura Croft in 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, with I think some motivations, like I I could kind of hang. Well, well yeah, there's a I survival kinda, mechanism that kicked in for sure. Yeah, this time I could kind of hang with, but there's a like I mean, so they push her over a cliff, and then how she survives, you really have to just go like, all right, <laughs> I'm totally. gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna accept that for yeah. now because we just want to move on. And then there's a couple of other points where she could almost die, and. Then she doesn't. And she you're like, happens to know what to do in that moment. You're like, and happen to have what she okay. needs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the filmmakers do take the opportunity to try to give an acting and psychological moments to some mm-hmm. things to provide motivation for being able to tolerate other things. Let's put it right. that way. Like, I can see the effort, but you definitely have to be like, yeah, and I think I'm going to accept this because I like this movie kind of feeling. Totally. <laughs> and I think it's also the um, it's an exaggeration of how we often will judge a book by its cover. You bet. Right. So she's unassuming. She's young. She's cute. She's all this. She ends up being incredibly resourceful. She was. And uh, I enjoyed that. Yeah. And smart. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we like the movie. Is because yeah. it wasn't gratuitous. She it was had, good too. I thought she was a good actor. She was good, Matilda Lutz. She was good. The um, script was pretty good. The gore was great. Mm. The I think the setup was powerful and not gratuitous, but but also very threatening and mm. scary. Um, and I thought the violent scenes were executed really well. Oh my God. Like the sequence where she's finally like hunting the, the person that actually raped her as yeah. part of this was, you know, they're drawn out and they're very, they're not simple. No, she, she, she hurts him. He hurts her. They run a while and do it. Rinse, repeat. And it's, um, it gets very bloody and like she earns it. And I think that's one of the, pieces like she does it's not simple it is not she goes through hell and then then when you think it's done there's more um i mean mm. everybody has to wrap their guts at some point in this movie yeah like everyone i think think guts get wrapped like two or three times yeah (laughs) because we all know how to wrap our own guts don't we folks when we get sliced open we just like put some saran wrap around that shit and it's going did you i mean i felt like (laughs) totally i felt like it kept turning these corners. Sometimes movies like this will, after a while they bore me and I'm like, get on it and end. Okay. Everyone's getting sliced and diced. And I felt like every single one of those scenes were intentional and it built tension to the next scene. Yeah. And so it. for me, when it ended, it didn't feel like it went on for 35 minutes of gratuitous violence for no reason. No, every scene was intentional and it kept my attention. <laughs> 
It was attentional and it kept your intentional. Attention. Yeah. And in, in attention. Yeah. All the attention. Yeah. No, no, I really, I enjoyed it the first time I saw it and I, um, and I did rewatch it for this. I didn't like, yeah. went I'd out watch and it not rewatch it, but yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, you know, I had, it's kind of a few couple of years old now. So I, I mean, it had been a bit, so mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to rewatch it, which is cool. Um, right on. I, you know, I saw the, so a couple of things I saw are not horror. They're more, um, well, one is, uh, true crime and the other is satire, political satire. I saw the new Barat movie, mm-hmm. basically Barat two is, you know, that's not the, that's not the official title, but I, I ended up getting an invite, um, from an organization I belong to, to like attend an online screening and it was supposed to be before it was released, but what they ended up doing is releasing it, but just not telling anyone. So of course I went online and was like, Baratu was out <laughs> so that everyone could run and see it. Um, so I'm not personally a huge fan of kin camera type stuff. Um, so I was really late to the party with his stuff, with mm-hmm. Cohen's stuff, because instinctually years ago, I mean, many years ago when he first did his first movie, I just like, you know, see the trailer or the description. I'm like, ah, I'm out. That's like not my thing. And, you know, 15 years ago, I probably couldn't tolerate that. I just, I feel the shame of the people in it. Yeah. And maybe it's the fact that I've done so much personal and psychological work since then that I can tolerate that now. Mm -hmm. Mostly. (laughs) I'm at like an 85%. (laughs) Um. But as everyone knows or doesn't know, you know, this is streaming on Prime. It's called Barat Subsequent Movie Film. <laughs> He's hilarious. He man. is. Um, and there's a lot of controversy in this. And, and I'm not going to go through all of it, but I will tell you that the controversy that Rudy Giuliani is going through from it and the fact that um, Cohen is being sued by um, two of the women in the movie um, there's a lot of controversy, which is exactly what he's trying to stir up. Yeah. But also, interestingly enough, and I know that they timed it this way, is the invitation for the screening that I got was timed exactly with the political debates in America. Mm. So here's what I was doing. <laughs> on my couch, on my laptop, playing the Barat movie that I had gotten, you know, this in- invitation to or whatever, but then realized it was streaming for everyone and told everyone, all my friends online. And then... <laughs> And I have the political debates with Trump and Biden on the screen, on the big screen it's in my like living a room. Movie. So I had them <laughs> muted reading their subtitles because yeah. that's pretty much the way I tolerate it right yeah, now. Seriously. And watching Barat on my laptop. And it was pretty much amazing. That's awesome. To have that sort of moment. Plus, I was also invited to like the Q&A afterwards. So that's the part that probably others couldn't see. Mm-hmm. And I'll just tell you that it was super fun because it was him in his outfit and character, of yeah. course, as always, answering questions from people online and them asking him all kinds of myriad of wacky questions and him answering and being funny. And I really enjoyed that. Did he answer in character? Oh, it yeah. was to- he was completely, it was Barat answering oh, questions. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was totally, you know how he is. He's yeah. never out of character, half, mostly, generally speaking. Um, but yeah, this movie it was made me laugh quite a bit. And the feed, the early feedback I saw from just um, my friends online and stuff who watched it kind of immediately 
was they just all thought it was hilarious and they really loved it. And there's a woman in it that plays his daughter mm-hmm. and she's fantastic. Like she's, she's really good. <laughs> and it's actually like more thoughtful. There's more feeling to it than you might imagine. Like, yeah. like it's got all the pranks. It's got all the stuff, but there's, there's way more feeling to it than you would think. I mean, part of it like is that he's trying to sell his daughter. (laughs) Oh my God. One of my favorite lines in the movie is I accidentally made shit in front of his house. (laughs) And then there's one point in which he dresses up like Donald Trump and throws his daughter over his shoulder and goes to the, like the, the conference for Pence that like a news conference for Pence that is in the back of the room. I mean, you don't know if it's all staged or what I think it probably is, but you know, and then and there's like, do you know where I can sell my daughter? Whatever the hell he says. Yeah. And like other people are standing around and like. <laughs> How old's the daughter? And like a, like a young 20 something. Oh, okay. Or no, she's supposed to be younger than that maybe. Like I can't teenager? even remember. Well, and th- this is the problem is that the, well, the controversy is that Rudy Giuliani is actually interviewed by this daughter like as a prank mm-hmm. at the end and, and almost gets into a pretty um, serious uh sexually inappropriate situation with her yes and then barat uh you can tell that he or cohen you know you can tell that he interrupts him on purpose because his his actor is just about to get into a yeah a situation that i'm sure she's not gonna agree so that's one of the big controversies that's right now in the news is about I mean, not right now. This is going to air after those controversies probably have additional stories. So like I'm talking about this now, very, very early on has just got released. And these are sort of the early stories that are happening. You know, by the time this episode airs, I'm sure there's going to be new stuff. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But Mm -hmm. anyway, I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, at one point... (laughs) At one point, he's buying a cage for his daughter, and they go to these people, and they're like, "I would like a cage, you know, I would like a cage." And the guy's like, "Okay, what size cage do you want, you know?" And he's like, "It's for her." (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's better dialogue than that, and I can't do it like he does it. But that's the basic premise, you know. He's like, "I'm buying a cage for his my daughter to give American government as a sexy gift." Oh my god! Because that's the premise for the movie is that he's going to sell his daughter (laughs) for his country to America. (laughs) (laughs) It's just. Uh, he says he goes into one store and he goes where is the no means yes section oh my god I, it's, kathy and these are the tame these yeah. are the tame things i'm quoting yeah so, but i have to see this fucking hilarious anyway so i saw that what did you watch i watched you've probably already seen it because it's a sundance oh, sure. um maybe i don't know scare me oh yeah yeah what'd you think of it I I have mixed opinions about it. I do it. too. Okay. So you, you start. Um it's 2020 Sundance from the Sundance Film Festival. It's a comedy horror. Um Fred, he's this <laughs> which I I kind of enjoyed Fred's at, at times. I which, enjoyed Which him. one is Fred? I don't remember he what the character is. He is the struggling writer. Okay, the main the character. The main character. Yeah. So he rents this mountain cabin. Um, and he runs, he's, he's going for a run and he runs into this, you know, aspiring writer, uh, Rebecca played by Rebecca Drysdale. And so what ends up happening is it's in the winter, the power goes out. So she ends up walking over and, uh, they end up hanging out that night and they're in total isolation. So they start to this banter, um, and they start to write 
together and and sort of act out these stories and she's she's more successful than he is she has like one book that you know did really well and that really intimidates him and she starts to really push him to get more creative and so they start to act out their ideas in front of a fire and they're kind of teasing each other so it's really about like two writers who take what they're thinking about as far as writing and they're both you know in the horror genre so they're playing out these you know different horror themes i think the the his original story is about a wolf man who ends up killing the parents of a young boy. And she's like, and then what? Yeah. Right. And she really pushes him. So it's creative and there's moments that I enjoy. And then there's moments that I was a little bit annoyed, but it, it was interesting and unique in the sense that they were playing out horror film, you know, horror, whatever. Yeah. It's not a traditional horror film at all. And if you like gore, that's not there. Um, it's, it's it's all your imagination. It's very much all of your imagination. So that's why it's really kind of divisive, like in the horror community, as far as like people liking it or people not liking it, because it's definitely not a stereotypical horror movie. Um, I liked about. I mean, that actress is really great. She's on The Boys, and um, oh, actually, I, I gave the wrong name. Aya Cash. Yeah, is the the one who plays uh, Fanny. That's yeah. the one that you like. Yeah, I think she's on the boys. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. She she was. Re- she, I think she's funny. Oh, she was really great. Um, I mean, I like her very much as an actress. Um, I liked the first. Um, I can't go as far as to say first half, <laughs> but the first chunk of the movie, I was digging it. I was like feeling it. Yeah. Yeah, she's on the boys. Sorry. I I just I I doubted myself, but yeah, she's Stormfront on the boys and she's really gr- she's amazing on that series. But that series is like balls to the walls craziness. Yeah. Um I liked about the first, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes or so. Yeah, it. same. And then I started to like lose it. I feel mm-hmm. I feel like probably and I I'm probably not going to rewatch it, but it's possible that that's because I don't know. That's a generally around the time frame where the big crisis in like an act two in the story, there's always a big kind of um, mm-hmm. crisis that comes at that point in most scripts. And it probably just didn't work for me or something. And I started to like lose the plot and then I just started to not care. And I kind of like, if you ask me about the second half of that movie, I probably don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just started to like lose consciousness. For well, it. It, t- it takes a huge turn. Um, exactly. And it probably just didn't work and I don't want to spoil it, but like it just probably didn't work for me. And so yeah. I kind of lost the plot, but yeah, I gave but it yeah. a shot. No, no, no. And that's what we do because like, and there's, you know, I mean, that's why we saw spiral and that's why, you know, there's a bunch of shutter originals that, you know, you just the shed, <laughs> the shed was a disappoint. Oh boy. The shed was bad. Um, I mean, that's our nuanced opinion. <laughs> It was just bad. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I love filmmakers and I want them to keep making films, but I did not like that movie. Let's put no. it that way. Um, I did want to also mention another film I just um, saw is, and okay, how do I start? So this is a documentary, a true crime documentary called Assassins, plural. It came out in 2020 um, and it has not been distributed yet. So this will be available uh, early December. I think it's like December 4th or something. I, I'm trying to look at my notes. So it aired at Sundance. I didn't see it there. I wasn't even really aware of it there. So that's not why I'm mentioning it. it the, why I'm mentioning it is because I was um, 
blessed to have been given um, a screener, a digital screener. And you guys will start to hear me talk about screeners because um, it's screener seasons because it's about to be award season. Um, so this is about the death or the mur- actually the murder of Kim Jong-nam, who is the half-brother of Kim Jong-un. Uh, and he was assassinated by two females in an airport, in the departures airport, I believe in Malaysia. He was poisoned by two women um, with a D- DX nerve agent that they had on their hands. And one of them uh, walks up to him and um, spreads it all over his face and then leaves. And then within an hour, he's dead. And so that's a true story. Like that happened. And this is the documentary of that. And Siti Asiha. I'm going to get the names wrong. That's one of the women. And then the other woman is uh, Duan T. Huang. So my accent is terrible. (laughs) That's who they are. I'm trying really hard to pronounce their names correctly, but my tongue doesn't roll that direction. So I'm giving it a shot. Um, So they are in this documentary. Their families are in this documentary. Um, The people who pursued them. Um, and basically what this documentary, it's really, it's really well done. Let me just say that, um, you know, uh, the doc supports, uh, that the girls were used by the North Koreans to assassinate him. I have no idea of the veracity of that claim, but, and I will not spoil the documentary for you because it does take some twists and turns. So I'll just say that it's really well done. Um, and I recommend it. It's going to, and I'll maybe I'll remember to mention it when it's closer to when it gets released, but I think it's December 4th when it's going to be in theaters. Yes, I see my notes. In theaters, December 4th. Um, as we know with our current um, health climate, who knows if that will change, but I have a feeling the reason why it hasn't been released before is because they wanted to release it in theaters and we're waiting. Because mm-hmm. I also know that it was, you know, originally bought by Magnolia, pictures and then just recently like literally in october it was um picked up by greenwich entertainment and that's who sent me the email with the screener so i don't know i watched it today it was excellent Mm -hmm. we have true crime fans that listen to this show (laughs) so it was really good i say watch it immediately when it comes out great that's my thoughts happy november happy november oh good This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.